Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, hi, Rebels. My name is Isaac Hernandez. I'm the current student body president. Hi, y'all. My name is Diana Malcor. I'm the current student body vice president. And, and we, we are, are yours, yours in, in unity. unity. Hey, 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 y'all. Um, this is Diana again. Welcome back to another week. We have a lot of exciting little updates and conversations awaiting for y'all. Um, and actually, we do have two special guests joining us on today's show. Um, I'll go ahead and let you guys introduce yourselves. Hi, my name is Janelle, and I am the president of UNLV Psychi, and we work in tandem with Psychology Club. Hi, my name is Jalissa. I am the president of NAMI on campus. Um, NAMI stands for National Alliance on Mental Illness here at UNLV. Yeah, so um, for those of y'all that didn't know, this week is actually uh, Mental Illness Awareness Week. And I do know that NAMI, at least nationally, like they do do a lot of work during this week. Um, but real quick, can you both tell me a little bit more about your organizations and what you, what type of events you do on campus and what like, what is that like? Yeah, so for Psychi, we're really big on providing lots of resources to psychology students and making sure that they have a lot of professional development events, um, social events. Um, for example, this year or this semester so far, we did a fall mixer. Um, we also did um, a collab event with NAMI on campus, uh, which is our suicide awareness and prevention event, where we had a few guest speakers from uh, NAMI Southern Nevada. Yeah, and uh, NAMI on campus, uh, we are sort of our club. We are a fairly new club here at UNLV, but we sort of strive to destigmatize de uh, mental illness um, and sort of try and our best to create a safe and um, positive environment for all students. Um, and yeah, we also host or are planning to uh, host events on mental awareness and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I know, you know, mental illness, illness overall, I've, it really affects um, everyone either directly or indirectly. So either like everyone individually or somebody individually or they have some type of experience with it with their like friends or family. So I think that this week is definitely important when it comes to um, destigmatizing, but also in a way educating, um, educating like people about uh, what exactly like mental illness what what exactly mental illness can look like because it i I don't really think or in my experience at least it doesn't look the same um, from person to person but I also think that at the same time you know it's just imper it's just important when it comes to empathizing with a lot of people um, especially in the workplace and uh, I feel like a lot of us really struggle with like this perfectionist standard um Imposter syndrome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like, are you are you both first gen too? Yeah. Uh, no, my mom is, um, she's in a, getting her doctorate right now. Oh, oh nice. A doc her doctorate in what, if I may ask? Um, nursing. Nice. Oh. Yeah, so at least, I don't know, for me, being first gen, I struggled with that one big time, um, at least imposter syndrome, so. I, and I mean, even just, I know a lot of the times people will cover like the fact that first-gen students, there's uh, a difficulty that first-gen students face in college in general. And with issues with mental health, it's just harder to have an additional stressor on top of that. But being a college student just as a whole is not an easy thing. If anyone were to say it were easy, they're, they're probably lying. Um, it's, it's difficult. But um, there a few weeks ago, there was a very, very 
awesome group of students um, that came together and they are now known as uh, Project Wellness here at UNLV. Um, They hosted a really nice um, student-led mental health town hall. And I remember one of the conversations that was being talked about about mental health was that, you know, for a really long period of time, it was very generalized. You talk about a certain Mm -hmm. illness and any anyone really would think like, oh yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. But I think there was someone in the crowd that kind of mentioned that, you know, when it comes down to mental health and mental illness, it's it's a spectrum. Depression for one person is not the same all across the board. Anxiety and their experiences are not the same all across the board. And mm-hmm. I find it very interesting um, looking into, you know, psychology majors in general. And with psychology majors, I think that is actually the... Um, Number one major in terms of um, <laughs> the amount of students that are enrolled in that major here at UNLV. Yep, it is and the I biggest major on campus. I came to UNLV in 2018, and I was once a psychology major, and I had a lot of people get into my head about why I was majoring in that at first. Wait, you're a psychology? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <What>? so I... Uh, <laughs> I did this thing uh, in my senior year in high school... Um, elective courses. Psychology was one of those things that everyone kind of took. And it was just one of those things I kind of wanted to carry on because we'd finished the gen eds and I took psych 101 my freshman year. And I just decided to go with the psychology major at first. I learned it wasn't necessarily kind of what I thought it was. um, But there was even a stigma behind the psychology major. um, Because a lot of people think that, oh, that's not going to get you to where you want to be, or you're not going to make that much money. And I always look back at it and, you know, being in the position that we're in now, I'm older, I'm a little bit wiser, not, <laughs> not, not the wisest, I'll tell you that, I'm still learning, but it's more, every single major across the board, there's an appreciation to it, but I think what we've seen during the pandemic is, if there is any major that's going to excel, it's going to be psychology, because it's in demand, we're seeing a lot of <laughs> mental health professionals here, specifically in Nevada, I think we rank 51st, yep. we're behind yep. um, D.C., which is kind of interesting uh, just based on the population. Um, But yes, we have the least amount of mental health professionals here in Nevada and it's in demand psychology majors. If you're, you know, listening to this, keep doing what you're doing. Um, If you're planning on going to graduate school, um, this is where Psychi and psychology club come into uh, uh, the picture and they try and help guide you, uh, guide you through, you know, the process and trying to, Um, you know, build up the resume, but also to really learn more about the major itself, uh, potential career paths, and, you know, a lot of uh, that stuff down the journey. But um, I do have a question for you, Janelle. Um, In terms of the operations of the um, organization that you are with, with Psychi, how would you say um, the organization best prepares psychology students or just anyone in general that's interested in psychology? to enter the workforce? Yeah, so um, we do a lot of professional development events. So our upcoming event is called the Research Matching Event, where we hope to have um, representatives from all the psychology labs on campus. Um, and then so that students can walk around, get to meet the lab reps and be like, hey, what do you guys study? How can I get involved? Because um, to get into grad school, you really have to have um, research experience. Um, and then so 
We also have our Getting Into Grad School event and CV workshop where we bring in um, Dr. David Copeland. Shout out to you, to Dr. Copeland, um, where he walks us through the process, building a CV, and also uh, Dr. Dave Beasley. So they are super helpful in like telling students like, yeah, you got to have a personal statement, letters of rec, um, apply for the schools, um, all that jazz. So um, just out of out of curiosity, are you involved with the research lab at all at the moment? Yeah. What type of research do you do? Like what? Because I feel like research differs a lot within um, like just major to major or at least um, like specification to specification. So what does your research look like and what is what are the research labs in psychology really look like? Yeah. So right now um, I am in the game lab with uh, Dr. Wong Padung Pat It is the gambling addiction and marginalized experience lab. And so I research racial microaggressions. I'm also in the charisma lab with Dr. Kearney. And then um, it's I'm studying a lot about like child anxiety, depression. And then I even get to help conduct um, assessments at Child Haven. And then so I, you get a lot of clinical experience, which is super rare um, to get as an undergrad. And then I'm also doing an honors thesis right now where I'm doing um, the evolution of racial representation in remade movies. Wow. 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 Are you in any um, yeah. research? Yeah, I'm in uh, the IMG lab, which is the interactive measurement group with Dr. Barchard. Um, she focuses right now on climate change and like climate change anxiety, climate change hope. And it's more like structural equation modeling. So it's more like data and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Not as interesting as that, but... Um, as a political science major, I will say that's kind of scary. <laughs> I don't like math, so. <laughs> as an econ major, the fangirl inside of me is. Just, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am jealous of IMG though, because you guys work with like SPSS and R oh, a yeah. lot more, which is something that I don't even touch. But that's something you do a lot in grad school. Yes. So, I just got a little PTSD from my research methods class with those with that. Yeah. <laughs> with that. <laughs> yeah, psychology has to do with a lot with research. A lot of people don't realize that, mm-hmm. um, but. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, we learn a lot about coding, so like R, um, SPSS, Jamovi. Um, it's a great, it's a great research lab to start um, with skills like that for grad school. But yeah. yeah, I think. Uh, and again, as a political science major, like I feel like uh, when it comes to research methods and like using programs like R, we mm-hmm. I think a good majority of the political science department also uses data. So um, it's just, I feel like it's all the same. It's just a different way to use it. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of students coming into undergrad, I feel like a lot of them don't understand how important like those programs are when it comes to research and understanding um, and understanding how to apply that research uh, for future theories or anything like that. I don't know. This is This is my little... Research methods, part of me kind of popping off. This is where Isaac, Isaac likes to really pop into that conversation. But yeah, I um, data is just very fascinating to me. There's certain things in this world that just can't be explained without numbers. And I think I was once told, I think my sophomore year, it's like math is the universal language. It just always yeah. tells the story for what it is. And I mean, it, it depends on how the data is compiled and collected. Um, I just find it interesting because talking to a lot of, you know, student government representatives in different states, um, some of their universities and colleges, they are not very research intensive. Um, and then here at UNLV, I mean, anyone you might come across, there's probably some research that they've done. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, I'm sure we've all heard that UNLV is a Carnegie R1 um, institution. Uh, we have that classification 
And what that basically means is that we're a tier one institution when it comes down to research. We receive funding Mm -hmm. because we do so much research. And I think a lot of it has to do with um, preparing undergraduate students to go into graduate programs. It would be very difficult to have undergraduate students um, have a desire and interest to go to graduate school and not have any research experience. Mm -hmm. That's why there's a lot of grants available for (laughs) any research. Um, And when it comes down to, you know, the specific topics, I think one thing that's really cool here at UNLV is that most of the time it's not, here's the topic, good luck working on it. It's more, what are you interested in? Mm -hmm. Let's pair you with someone that has some kind of um, like specialization within that field. And then you really get to understand a lot more into the interests you already have. Um, but yeah, just out of curiosity, does, um, psych- do psychology majors, do you guys also have to go through like a capstone process your last, your last semester? Yeah, we have a capstone. So yeah. I know for like political science majors, like we, depending on the course, at least that you take in the, in the professor, but a lot of the professors in our department try to, uh, make the capstone or at least, uh, make the capstone class and the entire process based off of your interests. Um, and I know right now, like I'm taking a professor, shout out to Dr. Malby, love her class. I'm taking a racial and ethnic uh, minorities class. So um, she's already getting us talking about what what we could possibly be interested in, in researching um, for our 499 class. So what does that capstone class like look like out of curiosity for psychology majors? Is it similar, different at all? Um, I actually wanted to say first that while students may have their research interests right now, you don't necessarily have to go into a lab that researches that um, interest specifically. And then that's totally okay. Like, um, I'm interested in researching um, depression and anxiety in adolescents and adults um, or treating those when I'm older, but I'm researching racial microaggressions right now. Right. Um, So I just wanted to touch note on that. But for my, you're going to. Yeah, just out of. This is for students that may not know how to get into research labs or how to like find research labs that they might be able to get involved with. Um, how were, how did both of y'all get involved with them with your like specific research labs? I heard of Dr. Barchard from like emails. I think it was a psych from Psychi actually. So shout out to you guys. Uh, yeah, uh, I heard that she was hiring, not hiring, uh, accepting students for um, her research lab. And so I emailed her. I was like, I'm interested. Um, what are you guys about? Whatever. And she um, sort of t- uh, said stuff like, um, our lab sort of focuses on preparing students to get into graduate school. Got and I was it. like, I'm in. Like, that's yeah. exactly what I need. Um, and yeah, I just got in. I did the interview process and it was very easy and anyone can do it. Mm -hmm. And then for uh, my research lab, I learned about it through my research methods class with Dr. Wong. Um, A few of my friends were in the lab, too, and they were like, yeah, you should join, you should join. And I was like, you got it, I'm in. (laughs) Um, And then so for all the students who want to get involved in research, um, specifically psychology labs, uh, we have our research matching event on Tuesday, October 18th from 5 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. in the Student Union Ballroom A. Mm -hmm. Um, So be there, meet a lot of... um, lab representatives and then if your lab um, that you want to join isn't there just email your professors um, email your class professors to be like hey i want to get involved in research and then they'll yeah. guide you yeah they're mm-hmm. always looking for new people too like always yeah always yeah this university is um it's it's very fascinating to me because i think there's a lot of students that at least one time in their in their life here at unlv will probably mention like there's not 
enough opportunity here. There's not enough, you know, positions available to Mm -hmm. get myself into this window. And I always tell people because uh, at least with CSUN, people always reach out and they kind of ask us just for guidance in terms of where to look, who to reach out to. And when they ask us this, it gets like, we, we get really excited because we're like, I'm really glad you asked. This person just reached out to us last week or yesterday and we like connecting them uh, to, you know, whoever they're looking for. But it, there's always something available here. And I will always recommend people to student organizations because I think student organizations, if there is anyone extremely involved with faculty, staff, and any UNLV affiliate, mm-hmm. um, even upper administration, it's usually student organizations. Student organizations are kind of like the lifeblood of just the engagement that we have here, but also for opportunity for social development, um, just bonding, um, leadership skills, professional development, anything you can possibly think of, um, definitely get involved. And um, a reason why you know we really wanted NAMI and Saikai to really be spotlighted here is because they've done a lot of great work and mm-hmm. we really wanted to shine the light on, you know, just the opportunity for students to really want to get involved. I think that's kind of always the key goal here. Um, but I do have questions for both of you. Um, it's going to be the same question and I'm just kind of curious to pick your brain on this, but in terms of engagement compared to maybe a year ago to now, are there any specific trends that you have seen? in terms of how many people have been attending meetings or how many people show up to events or maybe even during like tabling sessions? I think it's different this year since um, last year was kind of like the first full year post-pandemic and now we're in second year. And so there is definitely more engagement. I'm really still trying to like keep a balance though. Like we're having a mix of in-person and online events, like our suicide awareness event, it was online. Um, so we do our, we are able to reach more members that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like with in-person, like the research matching has to be in-person. Like it's yeah. just something about that face-to-face um, that has like a different vibe. But other than that, I think that there's, there's a lot more potential this year um, now that like everyone's a little bit more comfortable. Mm -hmm. We can um, be in person, go to classes, meet new people. Um, But something that like my personal goal for my senior year is to like go to as many events as possible. Um, Because I think that's something that pandemic taught us was like, time is short. Um, Mm -hmm. So get involved, experience everything. So that's also why I'm super involved too. Awesome. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I've um, definitely gotten a lot of more um, emails about, like, being interested in the club and stuff like that rather than, like, um, in the beginning of, what was it, last semester, I believe. Um, But, yeah, I definitely do do think it's because of the pandemic and, like, um, people are more comfortable, um, you know, there's no masks. I mean, yeah. yeah. Still some. Yeah, there's still some, which is And we respect that. Yeah, valid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's... It's, I guess the reason I do ask the question is because um, just generally, like, I'm sure you guys all get a lot of questions in terms of like, what do you do? How do I get involved? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure you usually have this, I wouldn't say script, but it's usually like, you know, there's something you usually repeat every single time someone does ask. Um, but if there ever was um, someone that, you know, did have a question or maybe some hesitancy to get involved what would you what would you tell them to convince them to uh, join your organization? Just try it, YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. YOLO. You, you, the you amount of times I'd be YOLOing through my life. <laughs> yeah. 
you'll never know until you try it so yeah i think that's awesome yeah. it's the pandemic really did a number on i think people's confidence levels mm-hmm. um i i always mention it but i think the interpersonal skills um <laughs> at the individual level it was it it didn't it didn't go away it didn't diminish it was just really there was this wall that was built up during the pandemic and it was usually a self-built wall that you know really hid the confidence and even getting back out into the first few days of you know in-person classes or in-person events i'm sure there was hesitancy for a lot of people but i will tell you one thing i've noticed in my experience coming back um, to in-person is that there are a lot more people that are willing to show empathy they Mm -hmm. understand that there are struggles yeah they understand because they probably dealt with the same struggles and i know a lot of people you know they feel very isolated alone and really stuff that we really wanted to highlight was that you know you're you're not alone and we're always here to support and this is why we always try and touch base on rso's because a lot of the times when we talk to rso leadership Um, We always ask them kind of how close their leadership got during the pandemic. And most of the time that that bond still stuck. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it didn't because some leadership um, officers would end up graduating and some of the transitionary periods got a little bit rough. And Mm -hmm. for those that had to come into the new positions, it was a little hard to build up. But for for some that already were in leadership positions and still maintain the leadership positions, they, you know, still found a necessity to you know, still engaged, but there was always that hesitant, uh, that hesitancy to want to reach out just to check in on people. Cause I know even pre pandemic, um, there was this weird thing where you would constantly check up, uh, check up on people and they just didn't like the, you know, that reassurance, like, are you okay? Some people don't like to be asked that. Um, but you know, post pandemic it's, it's necessary the way I see it. Some people need to be checked up on and it's not out of pity. It's just simply because, you know, we want to show that we're there, that we care, and that you really never know what people are going through. So it's just the empathy is what we're really trying to show. But yeah, I think just going back to like the whole empathy thing, I think one of the things that I also notice is that on top of everybody really um, being empathetic towards one another, there there's also this for lack of better way to put it, kind of this fear of conflict a lot of times. Like mm-hmm. people, stu- like I've, and I've seen it in a lot of like people that are now juniors and seniors or like third and fourth year, like they forgot what conflict looked like within those times that we were virtual um, because it was super easy to work from home unless, you know, you were an essential worker, like actually going out and like dealing with the conflict for ha- firsthand. Um, but because it was a lot easier for us to work from home and for us to um, like deal with a lot of stuff over email and in a way that, you know, kind of numbed us to any like any way to really work through emotions and like the, in a way that we would have otherwise um, been exposed to. I feel like that. Like that also, you see it a lot. But one of the big things with RSOs, which I I love it, it's that not just even during the pandemic, but just overall, I think that this has been an overall community, like community feeling within students. It's that you join RSOs to find like-minded people and you find RSOs to find your support group. And a lot of times, you know, that support group also gives you access to professional development, you know, opportunities. It gives you access to people to just vent to about the professors that they probably once had (laughs) or like the assignment that you're up at 3 a.m. working on, you know. And I think that 
Um, it's something really special when you find an RSO that's able to give you all of the above and that you're able to bond um, with students and with members and you as an e-board, you're also able to bond and work through you know, your friendship while also working with each other as colleagues in a way that, um, call it like in a, in a very unique way that college gives you the opportunity to do. I don't, I don't think I, you're ever going to find a place after college where you're going to be able, where you're going to have the opportunity to work through a lot of these conflicts in a way that it's both at a personal level with friendships, but also at a like professional level with working with like your e-board, um, as colleagues as well. Yeah. I mean, I'll kind of, you know, backtrack and I'm, I'm, I'm curious to learn what both of your experiences are like coming into leadership positions is it's a little bit of a shock to some people and I'm sure everyone had to adapt, but how was it for you two? It's definitely been a, a learning experience for me. Um, I've never like had such a leadership role as as this one Mm -hmm. so it's definitely been a learning experience but it's been great um i've the people i've met and talked to um just makes me very grateful to be in this position and yeah all i can do is just hope that uh we make a difference on campus uh like i said um provide a positive and just a supportive environment for all students about mental health or psychology or whatever it is um, but yeah, it, it has been, um, there has been some struggles. <laughs> <laughs> Being in leadership positions, it's a lot of trial and error. Um, yeah. I've, I've been in leadership positions ever since high school. So um, I kind of think of myself as a natural leader, um, but it also came with learning a lot and then learning to work with people and like showing empathy and then just trying to be collaborative with um, others and then like also other clubs and mm-hmm. just um, also representing a whole group of people. Yeah. It's like it's a lot of pressure, but it's also a lot yeah. of fun because yeah. um, yeah. like we get to lead all of these events for students and they come up to you after the events and be like, thank you so much for hosting this. This mm-hmm. was a great opportunity for me. Um, at our fall mixer, we got to um, students got to like play games with each other and then we also like promoted our discord where we like have to have or we like to have a group chat um for all the psychology majors and uh, like psychi members just to like also like what you said like chat Mm -hmm. rant um send psychology memes Um, (laughs) (laughs) love um, the memes (laughs) yeah literally and then but yeah being being in a leadership position is such like great training also i think for like when you become um, in the workforce and then like you're um, working in a big or big company, small company, just like tr- the person, uh, personability skills, that's something that you can really only learn by being with other people. Yeah. And being a leader is the best way to do that. Wow. I mean, I do have no- another question. I know we're down to our last um, couple of minutes, couple of minutes, but um, we're down to our last two minutes, but um I guess the question I do have uh, for you two again is um, if you could, you know, go back and tell yourself um, once you first came into a leadership position and give yourself one piece of advice, what would you tell yourself? That is a hard one. That is hard. <laughs> um, be nice. <laughs> um, be nice. Be empathetic, um, but still have fun and mm-hmm. be super collaborative. Um you're, you have a whole team behind you to help you. You're not alone. Yeah. And then everyone, everyone just wants what's best. So if you, if you have help, take it. Or mm-hmm. if people are offering help, take it. Um, 
but yeah, I think that that's what I would tell myself. Awesome. Yeah, I would, I would uh, tell myself to be more open, take more opportunities, like say yes to more things, you know, um, uh, take, get out of your comfort zone 100%. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What do you wish you told yourself? Honestly, I wish uh, I would tell myself to take it one step at a time. There's usually a lot of ideas that I have coming into a leadership position and I want to put every single idea into fruition. And sometimes when I'm putting every single idea into fruition, it's like, wait, now where am I at? Where do I start? How do I finish this? And then most of the time it would just, you know, I'd really lack in the productivity aspect of it, but taking it one step at a time and realizing that, you know, you do have a team behind you. Um, and that, you know, you have help. Um, that's always the, the, the thing that I kind of run into issues with. But, you know, I have a great team behind me within CSUN and they always remind me of this stuff. But um, I think that would be my answer. But yeah, I mean, at this point in um, the segment, um, we always love to help you all out in promoting your social medias for your organization and your personals if you do wish to. Um, but if you guys want to shout yourselves out and your organizations, uh, you can do so now. Follow us on Instagram at UNLV PsyChi, P-S-I-C-H-I. Um, we post all of our upcoming events there and also at UNLV underscore psychology club. Uh, we don't have social media right now, but you can uh, join um, from the Embalmment Center, NAMI on campus. Yeah. And also for anyone in general, always check out the Involvement Center. The Involvement Center is filled with over 400 student organizations, and it is still um, adding more organizations to it. Um, all you need is five members. You can create a club just based off of the most simplest things. If you like tacos, you can make a taco club. If you just want, you know, any community to be a part of, um, I'd highly recommend um, NAMI on campus. Their national chapter is amazing, and I'm really glad they now have a UNLV chapter. Um, and with Psychi and Psychology Club, they, they, they are doing well and they can continue doing even better. And we are just glad to, you know, have you all here and, you know, just have the conversation. But we look forward to working with you two in the future. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you for having us. Awesome. Thank you all for listening. To find more details, do visit www.unlv.edu slash CSUN. And if you guys want to stay up to date with more events, go ahead and follow us at, at UNLV CSUN.